welcome to this episode of What We're Watching. I'm your host, Aaron Morden. And so for all our new listeners out there, let me give you just a breakdown of like who I am and what this show's all about. So my name is Aaron Morden. Like I said, I'm a student at Bradley University, and I love podcasts. I love all things TV, movie, pop culture. I just love it to death. And so I was recently given the opportunity to record a podcast. And so, so basically what I do here is... I have conversations with my friends, family, and other people who are interested in the same stuff as me. And so basically what I'll be doing today is I'll be having a conversation with my friend Christian here, and we're doing something a little bit special and a little bit different than usual. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a live movie review, or I guess not really live per it's, se, it's as semi-live. in semi-live, you know, in-progress movie review. So I mean, this is really special because of both of our situations here. Exactly. Oh, and by the way, I guess I kind of introduced him, but I'll go officially. Hi, this is my guest Christian. Introduce so- Christian. He's been on the show before for all our returning listeners. Listeners, but we actually talked about Ghostbusters exactly that oh and way to give away what we're talking about <laughs> it's okay but yeah so as Christian blatantly said we're gonna be seeing Ghostbusters subtlety and... is not my strong suit exactly it's, it's very true but what makes this episode special is like I said um it's kind of a, a full movie review it's the first time this podcast is gonna be doing a movie review and we're gonna be doing a kind of a three-part version to it one part, which we're recording right now, is our pre-viewing review. It's going to be just before we have any information going into it blind, you know, we have our own uh, prejudices and information, which we're going to talk about in a second, but this is just kind of basis before we see anything, what we kind of think we're getting into it beforehand. And then later we're going to do an immediately past the showing. We're going to record that. We'll talk about how we felt immediately coming out of the movie and what we thought of it right then and there. And then, which is going to, the next thing is going to be really special because we're going to watch the original Ghostbusters and we're going to see how they compare and what we think of each of them. And so why that's such an interesting thing is that for all my listeners out there, I've probably said before, but I'll reiterate, I've never seen the original Ghostbusters and I have a very interesting view on all of this because I, like I said, I've never seen Ghostbusters, never seen Ghostbusters 2, never watched any of the cartoons. I don't care about Ghostbusters. They have no impact on me or anything. I have just no connection to it. All I know of it is as something that exists within the pop culture. And Christian is <laughs> very different. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a super fan, but I would say uh, we, me and my family are big fans because we watched it a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want to say, it's the best part about you is that uh, you're seeing this as a standalone movie, yep. and I'm seeing this as like uh, part of a franchise. Exactly. I'm seeing this with fresh eyes, and I'm seeing the new one first. So, like, that's going to be probably a stranger experience than most, yeah. probably than 90% of the people in the theater who have seen the original Ghostbusters, but that's why I'm so interested to see how I'm going to view this and see my take on it and then compare it to Christian's. I'm it's actually... Gonna be so interesting. <laughs> I'm actually expecting you to hate it and me to like it. I don't know. It. We're Even gonna, though, I like... Don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Like, that's the fun part of all this. We're going to see what our expectations of this are now and then kind of what we think well, of it when it's all said and done. So I'm speak, a, speak, okay. Yeah, I want to explain my point yeah. there. I think you're going to hate it because you don't know anything and I'm yeah. sure they're going to do what they did in like Jurassic World and Star Wars. Where There's they just so many the references original. and everything and riffs on and, the original. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I'm going to see those and I'm going to be like, oh, that's pretty cool. You're going to be like, ha, that's cool. You know? I'm like, what, what am I watching and here? And you're going to, yeah, you're going to yeah. be like WTF, which is weird because I Most was people those, aren't that. <laughs> I know. It's like, I watched the, the trailer and everything. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be so bad. 
Yeah. But I'm actually... Well, I'm, I, I, I will say this, though. For our listeners, I'm a marketing advertising guy. That's what I'm studying in college, and... One thing that really stood out to me for this movie, and at least the promotions for it, is it is really terrible marketing. Like, just... Someone at Sony needs to be Someone messed up with the marketing. Like, here's the thing. They've been talking about this movie for years now. There have been speculation about the new Ghostbusters movie, and when it was finally announced with the all-female cast, they've been talking about, like, this for years. It's been in the public consciousness, and it's finally here. And how do they choose to promote it? With All they do is they do stupid commercial tie-ins with with freaking Papa John's and Comedy Central oh and it's terrible like literally just last night I watched a commercial it was with Comedy Central and Papa John's on Comedy Central I was watching an episode of Futurama and anyway <laughs> on the commercial it was this is how it started I kid you not it was a female comedian doing like a stand-up bit and a heckler was heckling her for some reason, just like yelling insults at her because I guess they needed to tie in the comedy section because it's Comedy Central. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyway, so basically, the la- she's just like trying to like fend off this heckler, and she's like uh, she doesn't know how to fend him off. And then one of the last things she says as she's like trying to heckle, like get back at him, is like I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And all of a sudden, like that sparks some like phone in like an office of Papa John's pizza and they're like somebody needs help or whatever and so two Papa John's people in Ghostbusters outfits show up at this comedy special and like heckle the guy for her and it's like not only is the premise of this advertisement stupid but how does it relate back to anything really about Ghostbusters and one last point here you just, if the whole point of your movie is, like, girl power, why the hell do you need two male guys, male Ghostbusters, oh. to come in and defend the woman? <laughs> like, isn't this literally the opposite of what they're doing? Yeah, I'm gonna... As marketing someone, is terrible, is what I'm saying. As someone who's actually, like, I've seen the marketing on, like... Just awful. Through this entire thing. I've seen, like, I know what they're doing. The heckler Stupid. is supposed to represent the people that I are doing guess. the hateful comments, I guess. I guess, but it's like... That's such a, they, they still need the two I, guys. I'm more, exactly, I'm like, what the heck? I'm um, all for going against those dumb internet trolls. Like, please, like, like... The thing that irritates me is, like, with the marketing, uh... There were only so many internet trolls. There were a lot of legitimate concerns. You even voiced yeah, your Yeah, I own. agree. As a, as and a, those got snuffed out as, and pretending like they were internet trolls. That's the only thing that bothered me. I get that. But I do think that there was a unnecessarily cruel and kind of sexist elements backlash against this movie. I want to say that was maybe... 10 to 20 percent yeah the rest of it, I, I agree I was, it's not yeah. a huge majority of it but i think like, that i know i fall under the rest of it where i was giving legitimate concerns yeah. i feel like um ghostbusters is one of those things that it's in the cultural touchstone why i don't know but it's apparently such a big deal for a lot of people well, and everyone's really protective of it i guess so the, the long and short of it is ghostbusters is what is considered to be the quote unquote uh i'm using my air quotes here perfect movie i don't i mean it has its flaws and there are a lot of really stupid things i mean how do they how do they solve all their problems they point sticks at it yeah i I don't i don't know like here's the thing i 
I was reading something about this movie, and I like it was a review of the original Ghostbusters, and like talking about the new one coming out, and it basically said the thing that made the original Ghostbusters like funny or awesome was not the fact that they're busting ghosts; it's the fact that it was Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and like Harold Ramis in the peak of their comedy career well, in 1980. It could have been any premise. You remember what I said in our first when we talked about this Probably. last time? When I said this isn't technically supposed to be a comedy it's a science fiction yeah um it's because it's supposed to take itself so seriously Mm -hmm. that the funny moments are even funnier Mm -hmm. i think that's probably one of the reasons why it's considered the perfect movie is because it's able to do see tonight how it is after we watch it well the new one i have no i I have no we don't know about the new one but i have well when i will when we watch the original tonight we'll see and we'll compare and i'm interested to see what i'm going to think about it i think you're going to like the original better maybe i mean I I here's the thing. I don't think comedy ages that well. I mean, good comedy ages well, but for the regular well, comedy, it's very this, uh, subjective. This is uh, I don't know, let's get to uh, like what we're what we're thinking the movie's gonna be like. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's, I think that's a been, good way. We've to been wrap going this off on a tangent. We probably need um, to get going, but probably. I mean, we need to get like dinner or something. Exactly. <laughs> we're gonna do that, and then we're gonna watch the movie. Um, so this is my thing. This is just a cash grab. It's. It's Paul Feig, and I didn't like Spy, you know, I, from what I hear, The Heat is good and Bridesmaids is good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to like his type of movie, but from what I understand, it's probably going to be an okay movie. Yeah. But this was just a cash grab, so it's not going to last it, like longer than six months, I think. And I think it's going to be like Jurassic World, where everyone was like, oh, this is so cool, and then never, it's just going to die. But Jurassic World made a billion dollars well this so. one's not going Probably to because not. of the terrible marketing exactly well yeah it, yeah i agree i feel like a lot of people are going to see this movie and it's been talked about for over a year that people have made up their minds all, yeah. as of now whether or not they want to see it you well know? people have made up their minds if they're going to like it or not if you Ex- go exactly. in there thinking you're going to hate it you're going to hate it exactly. if you go in there thinking liking you're going to like it you'll be open like to liking it you know and then if you're like me I have no idea what I'm going to get. Exactly. I, here's the thing. I have no idea what I'm expecting. Again, I'm coming to this with fresh virgin eyes of the whole franchise. And so I'm just open to whatever. However, just in terms of um, just what I think of the movie just in general is I kind of agree with you, Christian, that I think it is blatantly a cash grab because Hollywood recently has been cashing in on the nostalgia factor and the reboots, like you even said, like with Jurassic World and Star Wars Force Awakens, yeah. which if you look at them critically... All they are are literally the first movie of the franchise, slightly altered, but referencing the first movie. It's kind of ridiculous, and I feel like if Ghostbusters does that same formula, it'll be okay. Um, but I, it's hit or miss with me on that kind of nostalgia reboot franchise sort of stuff. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen, but I kind of think of it as a cash grab. And one last thing I just kind of want to say about what my... Yeah, sorry. Christian's got a point and I ramble, but here, I'll let him talk, but I want to just bring uh, up one... No, I, I have one it. more thing. Go is, no, this is afterwards. Okay. This is going to be the my, final mode. My last point that I really just want to bring up is I have no problem with them being an all-female Ghostbusters. Like, I'm all for... I don't diver- think anybody really does, except for that 10, 15 Exactly. The, the 
Richland internet trolls who are so angry. It's like, I'm totally fine with a female Ghostbusters. Again, like, you don't need a penis to be a Ghostbuster, you know? So it's, it's like... like Leslie Jones said on Twitter. We all Ghostbusters. Exactly. And so it's like, I'm fine with the female cast, and I'm totally... Like, I think it's a good opportunity to, like, you know, like... It's always good to have more women in prominent roles in just entertainment and pop culture. You know, it's always good to have, you know, just more examples of women in the media in general than what we already have right now. So I'm all for it 110%. So I want to like this movie, and I don't know. So I'm open to it, and I'll think about it when we see it. Okay, your point, Christian? Well, final thing on Ghostbusters, I really do hope it's either the room bad, so it's so bad that it's good, <laughs> or that it's actually good and it can measure up to the original. Mm -hmm. Final point in, on the note of reboots they can make whatever reboots they want. You know, most of them are going to be terrible, but they just need a reboot of Waterworld. <laughs> Seriously! Yeah, we'll have a discussion on that. We'll watch Waterworld, because I've never seen Waterworld. I so. haven't either, but I've seen the concept, and, like, it's it looks really cool. Okay, I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> we probably should wrap this up. We'll make this, into, we'll talk about this later tonight, but... Good. All right, Christian, thank you so much for being here. We'll talk about this later tonight after we see Ghostbusters and then after we watch the original. However, I just want to throw this out there for the record so it's out there. However we react and how we discuss this... Aaron my... is a dirty, dirty sexist. <laughs> no, 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 no. The only thing is what I want to say is that, Christian, if I hear any combinations of the words ruined my and childhood... Oh, if this ruined anyone's <laughs> childhood, I don't want to hear that. I mean... The only if anybody way... says that, I think I have a legal right to kill them, I think. <laughs> we can discuss this later, but please no ruin my childhood tonight, Christian. I, trust me. I think would... you'll be fine. I, the only thing that could remotely ruin my childhood is if they bastardized uh, Star Wars 8. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother thing. Alrighty. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all later in a bit. We'll be back very briefly to talk about what we thought of the Ghostbusters movie. So we'll see you all in a bit. Bye-bye. Oh my god, this ruined my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to lower the, I'm going to have to lower the volume. Okay, your high pitching scream is very okay. annoying at this point. Um, but hello everyone, welcome back to uh, what we're watching. As I said earlier, I'm your host Aaron Warren. I'm here with Christian Lamberti. This ruined my childhood. <laughs> uh, we really. we just came back from seeing the new Ghostbusters movie and We've got a couple of thoughts on it. So before I get into what I thought of it being the newbie to the whole Ghostbusters franchise, Christian, please, lay it, lay it all out. What do you think, my friend? This ruined my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I think I've done that joke to, de to mm. death. Um, it was okay. I mean, there were a few things that this actually improved on, uh, like the technology and whatnot. Mm. Spoilers, by the way. Oh yeah, this is your spoiler warning, by the way. I should have thrown this out there a while back, but yeah, this is your spoiler warning. Done. I mean, so, if you're watching... We're going to be talking about the spoilers for Ghostbusters, so If they be watch aware. the video, I'll just have spoilers right in the first few yeah, seconds. So, so be aware. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was okay. It, like, it improved on a few things. The technology was mm -hmm. good. Um, it, Some of the CGI was better than the, um, the props from the original. You know, a lot of the props from the original were, you know, like it was, you know, puppets and mm -hmm. whatnot. Well, that's just because it was made in, like, 19, what, 84 or it something? It was 84, actually. Okay, exactly. so it's like, it, it was um, determined because that's all you had. So, yeah, but uh, some of the CGI was very good. Mm -hmm. um, some of it was from uh, Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion, though. <laughs> yeah. 
The CGI levels for this movie, I think, like, I agree. Some of it was pretty decent. Like, I think they pulled uh, off. The first few ghosts were very good. Yeah, the first few ghosts, like, the fir- the very first ghost was really cool. The first one at the, was at the Aldridge Mansion or whatever. That looked That's pretty what cool. It was, yeah. But then, like, as the movie progressed, it it became more cartoonier in general. And, yeah. it, like, the, the ghosts just became, well, literally, the ghosts became a cartoon at the end. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, <laughs> yeah. yeah it so, you did. Oh, my God, you're yeah, right. Yeah, so. They um, came from very photorealistic to very I mean, cartoony. Let's be honest, the villain in general was a cartoon. Yeah, and the villain, like you, there was no characterization. Of no, all. not at all. I mean, well, I, that one of the big problems. I mean, I talked earlier, like the writing is kind of a problem, um, but characterization is kind of a problem too. The only person who's really a character is someone who's like very, very much a character in the sense that they're pretending to be a character who's pretending to be a character and so on and that's kate mckinnon yeah and but it's very good i think like i said this while i was talking to christian as as we immediately came out of the movie was that i think for me personally there were three major standout actors in this movie and i agree with them yeah so not in the same order though okay well i well i don't know i'm kind of flip-flopping on my number one and two i can see where you're coming from but i think we can both agree on that the two biggest standouts in the movie were uh of course kate mckinnon as holtzman and chris hemsworth as kevin (laughs) i mean these two i think really really stole the show this is this is how you um talk about kevin (laughs) i've got a sandwich oh melissa mccarthy just threw my sandwich hey give that back and the sandwich comes back (laughs) i think i saw a description of him online calling him a himbo a him bimbo (laughs) you know that's kind of what he is but i think he really served as the main i mean obviously it's a comedic movie it's got comedy everywhere but i think in a movie of comedy he really came off as the pure unadulterated comic relief like there was nothing serious about his character and even again spoiler when he gets possessed by the main villain of the movie that's not even a spoiler okay they've basically shown us the entire plot yeah (laughs) <laughs> like, hey, have you seen the trailer? Have you seen the other trailer? You've, you've seen pretty, Ghostbusters. You've pretty much seen the whole movie, which which is fine. Yeah, which, minus the good jokes. It, well, yeah, I mean, I think some of the major jokes in the movie... Okay, the trailer hits on some of the bigger jokes, but I found that some of those ones that were in the trailer weren't really all that funny, honestly, I don't 90% think. 90% of the ones in the trailer are not funny. No, and so I was fine with the ones they put in the trailer, and I think the movie had a lot... The movie had a lot funnier jokes that they didn't put in the trailer, which I was fine with. Honestly, they didn't ruin like they didn't they didn't put everything out, all the best parts in the trailer. But they did put the majority of the plot in the trailer. Yeah, well, which I mean, what is even the plot? There are devices. There are ghosts. Let's explain the plot actually. Okay, so yeah, so there are devices, and you put a device in a place, and a ghost appears. So basically, the idea from what I could gather from the movie is that. There was a guy named was it Rowan or yeah, something. Yeah, that's his name. A guy who was I, bullied. I think that if, literally the whole characterization if of I the recall, antagonist. That's a callback to Ghostbusters Two, if I recall. Is it okay? I I don't remember very much. Like you know, I've never seen Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters Two. I'm so pretty it's sure like, that's a callback to the second one. I okay. could be wrong though. I haven't seen that one in such a long time. Mm-hmm. I've seen Ghostbusters 1 way early. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> so get, many you times. The, you get the point. But basically, just quick summary of the whole movie in general is that you have um, 
there's a Kristen Wiig's character. What was her character's name? Aaron Gilbert. Yeah, yeah the, Aaron Gilbert. Who I think, as I should say, was my other third yeah. top choice. It, for me, it's Chris Hemsworth, Kate McKinnon, uh, Kristen Wiig. And yeah. I agree Kristen Wiig takes up the third one, because yeah. she's good. Like, I think she played a convincing, like, she was, a pretty, she, she was a straight man for the rest of, like, the wacky, zany characters of the movie, and I think she had, like, cool, badass moments at the end, you know? I, I, well, I mean, I, I have thoughts on that, but let's actually get to the plot. Yeah, we'll get to the plot. Okay, so basically, she is a, uh, she and, uh, Melissa McCarthy's character used to be, uh, really good friends and they loved ghosts they talked about ghosts and they wrote a book about ghosts but now they've kind of moved on with their lives and Kristen Wiig's character is now an actual professor at a college trying to get tenure and the whole plot of the movie kicks off when she discovers that the book that she wrote with Melissa McCarthy's character many years ago comes up online and it's all about paranormal activity and, you know, ghosts and stuff like that. And so she's afraid it's going to ruin her reputation. And so she goes to Kristen, uh, Melissa McCarthy's lab where she's working at now to confront her about it, where she runs into uh, uh, Holtzman being played by Kate McKinnon as part of that lab as well. And from there, hijinks ensue. Um, they meet Patty. They meet Patty. Played by Leslie Jones. Played by Leslie Jones. And uh, basically, they investigate paranormal activity that is going on throughout new york city and it turns out the whole point of it is that there's this guy whose name is rowan who is who was bullied when he was younger he believes in ghosts he's been reading their book and basically his whole plot is what he wants to do is plant like these kind of like almost like ghost landmines across new york city That's and when they blow much. up they like enhance uh, like ghost energy and basically he wants to make a rift between the ghost universe the ghost dimension let's be real here this is paranormal <laughs> this activity is, this, is a, this is a prequel to paranormal activity <laughs> uh but so basically he wants to break a barrier between the ghost dimension and our plane of existence and he does and that's the third the end third of the movie where uh he does break it and uh Ghosts invade New York City, and the Ghostbusters have to save New York City. And yep. other than that, like, that's basically the whole plot in a nutshell, I think. I mean, yeah, that's basically... It's pretty... It's as wacky as we say it is. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, uh, whoever the writer was, I know Paul Feig had something to do with the writing, but his, like, it wasn't really... It was just, it was very wacky. I mean... I don't have any qualms with it, really. I mean, the original was just as wacky, <laughs> which you're going to learn. I will learn. I have to say, when come back for the next part where we talk about, you know, wh how I view the new, I mean, the original Ghostbusters to compare all this. But as you said, Christian, like, I think this plot, like, it was wacky. It was silly, you know, but well, I wasn't expecting a whole <laughs> lot out of a movie where people take ghosts with lasers and stuff like that. So I wasn't expecting, you know, an Oscar-worthy movie here. Well, honestly, this is the exact same movie as Ghostbusters 2, which was the exact same movie as Ghostbusters 1. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. It's like, oh, there are ghosts in New York. Oh, blur, 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 ghosts invade. Oh, we have to go and stop the ghosts. Oh, ghosts are all over the city. We have to fight a big thing in the city. Uh, in New York. So and basically every Ghostbusters movie has been yeah, the first Ghostbusters I mean, movie. Yeah, because they've been trying to recreate it. The The thing here is, like, I think if I ranked them, it would be exactly as you would think. Ghostbusters 1's the best. 
The new one's actually the second best. Yeah. And the second one, much as I love it, is the least mm-hmm. good grammar, you know? Um, <laughs> but, I mean, one of the things that... We're probably going to talk about a little bit more yeah. in the next part. Uh, just quick note. The th- the things that I found the most annoying in this movie mm-hmm. are when it's trying to be the original. Like, when it's not trying to be its own thing. When it's trying to be its own thing, it's much better than mm-hmm. it, than any other part. Uh, that might be because I know the original, yeah. and that might have been why you weren't as annoyed by it. Yeah, like, I found... The cameos, except for Harold <laughs> Ramis, most of them bugged me. I mean... Yeah, but there were cameos by a lot of the original cast. You had Bill Murray, you had um, Dan Aykroyd, you had Sigourney Weaver. Like, making just, like, brief cameos as different characters. I mean, Sigourney's didn't bother me. No, like, it was just, it was just fun stuff. But I think that was what I thought I really enjoyed about a lot of the characters in this movie. Like, I know I had issues with um, some of the characters. Like, I don't, I didn't necessarily enjoy Melissa McCarthy's character so much. Which I thought was, I I thought was silly. Because it's like, I, in any other situation, she would have been my favorite. Mm -hmm. I get that. Except maybe I'm, personally, I'm just not a huge fan of Melissa McCarthy. Just in general, you know? I don't really I I have no bias against her. But if I had to pick, I wouldn't go out of my way to see a Melissa McCarthy movie so it's like i don't know i think she's fine as an actress i think she's very funny but it just doesn't appeal to my specific type of humor that being said though i think that like i said earlier kate mckinnon she was really really funny she had a lot of the best lines some of the best like sight gags yeah you got to have the most fun with her character honestly that's yeah i'd have to agree there i mean the rest of the characters just weren't written very well let's talk about the characters like one by yeah, one let's go through. let's okay. start, with, start with um probably kate, aaron, aaron you want to start with kate, kate mckinnon okay kate mckinnon yeah. chris hensworth Kristen Wiig. yeah let's start with our favorite characters then work yeah. our way down and we just happen to be on kate mckinnon first okay so. cool sounds good say with mckinnon so what did you think of her character in general, she's Kristen? playing a character who's playing a character who's playing a character who's playing mandark okay (laughs) it's and i love it honestly i i usually like insane characters Mm. and that's what she was it was it was a lot of fun to watch and i just love her character yeah i think she's she did a really good job like i think uh, as much as i said that chris hemsworth character got to play like pure comic relief like i think she was the one that played up most of the just like just the wildness of it like she got to play so over the top crazy and like she was like licking her gun and like stuff like that you know there are certain things it was like eh you're going a little too crazy but again i i liked it yeah exactly i think it was definitely very enjoyable i I, I follow the mantra of cinema sins no movie is without sin exactly (laughs) it's true um i think that all in all though what she like i I just thought everything about her character was just so enjoyable like just so much fun and like yeah uh, one the big fights near the end when she like pulls out these two like they're basically the whips from iron man 2 like when you said that it was like it's like they're like plasma electric whips and then she's like whipping ghosts and like flipping them and like the music underneath is like pounding it's like pretty sweet i have to say like that was a pretty badass like action moment i thought that was really enjoyable um i think overall though the ending kind of suffered because it became i think the ending went on too long too i mean we'll we'll get to that once we're done we'll get to that in the end but uh kate mckinnon I enjoyed it. Kate McGinn was very enjoyable. Very few flaws I can really find. Most of the flaws with her are just with the writing in general. Like she really has to play off these people who are being written so poorly. Speaking of written poorly, mm-hmm. as much as I love her, Leslie Jones was written so poorly. Yeah. She was 
I'm just kind of here, just kind of like Winston from the original. <laughs> but yeah, just kind of there and just for exposition, which really sucks because I like her. Yeah, I I when I first heard about the Ghostbusters movie, I was like, oh, it's totally fine. Like Leslie Jones, like all the actresses in this movie are huge like SNL alums. Yeah, and so it's like, I, it was the secretary like the secretary to the ma- or the mayor's assistant. I think that was like Cecily Strong or like one of the other. No idea. Okay, but she's another SNL alum. I know that, and so like this movie was chock full of SNL people, famous comedians, and so it's like this is a very strong casting, and I think Leslie Jones is very funny. I just found that her character in this movie was not wasn't all that well written, and as I mentioned earlier to you, um, I almost found her character to be almost out of a different time like yeah. the way i saw it, it almost seemed like straight out of like an eddie murphy from the 1990s where eddie murphy's like i'm so look at me i'm crazy you know and oh it's my all gosh. The, eddie murphy's haunted mansion it comes for full circle exactly it was just sort of like they're almost playing up the fact that it's like She's like an African American woman who's like sassy and black and like power of panic will pale you. It's like it's like do we really I, that? I mean it's funny, I but told it's just like you, I told you right after the movie. It I don't like using it, but ironically she kinda seems like the racist character. I guess like the like from Transformers, you know, like the two the like, twins. Like yeah, or like what was it? Jazz from the first one yeah. where it's like really <laughs> I mean, not to say that her character was racist in any way, shape, or I, form. I kind of liked her character. I thought she was I, fine. I just better. think that it's like, we've come so far in terms of writing characters, it almost feels like this one was just out of a different time period, almost. Yeah. Like tw- like a 20-year-old character in a, you know, it just didn't, It's she felt out of place as a character. Well, everyone else well, felt. For you, she might have felt out of place. For me, she just kind of felt there. Like, I guess. I mean, I mean, I was totally fine with her being the fourth member of the Ghostbusters. I think she really, like, became a more integral part of the team later on. I will say, later on, yes. I mean, even at the end when she was like, uh, they, she said some science-y stuff. Yeah. I, and she w- they were like, wow, you're really becoming one of us. She's like, uh, you know, she's like, they're like, oh, you're like a scientist now. You Because everybody uh, outside was like, oh, they, we want her to be a scientist. And she was like, no, I'm just a Ghostbuster. Yeah, it's like, I thought that was fine. It, it kind of reinforced the idea. It was like, oh, well, anyone can be a Ghostbuster, you yeah. know? And so I liked her character. Okay, I liked her character in theory more than I liked her actual character. Yeah. Well, I mean, ironically, I, you said it in the theater. This this film uh, parallels the original more than most people would like to say. Well, we can get more into that once we've dissected the characters. Yeah, you'll understand what I'm saying a lot more. When <laughs> one, we yeah, see once it. I've seen the original, I'm sure I'll understand. We're gonna be saying that a lot here. I I'm know, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but all in all, with Leslie Jones's character, I thought it, she was a good addition to the film, and she, I definitely feel that the Ghostbusters needed like a fourth person on the team because mm-hmm. you had the straight person being played by, uh, you know, you have the Aaron Gilbert character. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. You want to just uh, jump into her right now? Sure. Yeah, I think she played, uh, she was a foil to the rest of the other characters. Yeah. Well, Melissa McCarthy and Kate McKinnon, early on in the film, came off as very, you know, eccentric, over the top, really focused on the paranormal, and stuff like that. Like, she played more of the reluctant, like, oh, I used to be into this, but like, oh, you know, you guys are really cool, you know. And the slime. And the slime. She kept getting slime all over her throughout the whole movie. Though, the final part, 
uh, right after she got uh, not slimed, when she was like, <laughs> I didn't get slimed that time. Right after that, when the go the big ghost, the one that turns into a cartoon and then turns into the giant final boss, <laughs> right then, she should have gotten slimed, and she should be like, how did I get slimed only, and you guys yeah. didn't? I mean, I... It was I, a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity, but I think for the most part, like, again, I think... I had nothing wrong with her character. I thought she was very... Just... She was... She was a needed straight character to yeah. if it was if it had been for zany people it would have been too much you I know? think it would have been like there's a balance you need with characters and if you have too much of one character exactly. the balance tips too far exactly because if, if everybody had been if everyone had been a Kate McKinnon then it wouldn't have been that enjoyable because as well, the saying goes too many cooks you know <laughs> whereas it's like you have too much of one thing and it it ruins the whole. Well, I think it would have been enjoyable for the first five minutes. Then we would have gotten annoying. Exactly. It would have gotten annoying I mean, very fast. Uh, that's but, I, like, but there was just enough of Kate McKinnon that it never got yeah, annoying, I don't like, think. That was the only thing with Kate McKinnon. Is like, I, I hate to go back to it, but but I, I kept wavering between, do I like this or am I annoyed by this? I think I liked it, but... You know. Yeah, it's, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. But with you get uh, with Kristen Wiig's character, she's a necessary... A straight person character, and I found her like her story arc and just her general like whole character study that, or not character study, but the characteristics were very they were just very nice. They're very compelling. Yeah. It was just like you know people used to make fun of me. Um, you know I enjoy these things. Well, she makes a good parallel to the villain. Though yeah, the villain was terribly. Written. Yeah, the villain was awfully written. So I it almost seemed like the villain was an afterthought. Which we'll dive into the villain right now. <laughs> oh, why not? Uh, um, villain. Uh, I was bullied, and now I'm now I want to destroy New York City with ghosts. I guess he there was you go. not. That's that was it, and like. Literally, he was in the movie for, what, a grand total of, like, ten minutes? Maybe 30 But months. then, like, he kills himself halfway through the movie and then comes back as a ghost and takes over Chris Hemsworth's character, which is all we need was... to say about the villain, and let's dive into Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, um, he was, he was the greatest. He was great. He, he was... was really good. Another! Yeah, he was basically playing Thor, <laughs> playing but stupid, stupid... stupid powerless Thor. <laughs> but even then, not that powerless, I guess, at the end. No, not really. Um, but he um, was just... Can we talk about the after-credits one? Yeah. Oh, uh, before God. we continue Before we it? continue on anything, we just have to address, like, stay through the whole credits. Like, like, here's the thing. Like, you can watch the whole movie. They're, they have, like, your typical, like, main credits with all the main actresses and stuff like that. And that's fun. It's enjoyable. But then you get to, like, a, an actual, like, second credits where they actually list all the production credits of, like, literally everybody involved. And all it is, is on the screen, is... Uh, basically an extended extra bonus scene of when Chris Hemsworth is possessed by the villain, what he can do is that he can use, like, ghost powers to control, like, the police force and everybody that's in Times Square to, like, stop the ghosts. And, and he what he does... them dance. dance. What he does in the movie is he freezes them in place. But in the credits, all he does is, like, do, like, this, like, sexy, like, dance and it's, like, ridiculous and it's fun. It's, like, dance to this cool music and everybody's <laughs> having a good time and it's, like... It's so silly, and it's so unnecessary, I mean, but it's so fun. Quick tangent. I told you about this. Um, there's a ghost in there who is a, um, he's a prisoner uh -huh. who was electrocuted. He's one of, he's one of like, is the second ghost, I think, they he's interact He's the with? second ghost. Yeah. He was 
in the subway. Apparently, he was underneath where a prison was. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, in the original uh, script of the movie that Paul Feig wrote with the script person, I again, I can't remember her <laughs> name for the life of me. I'm sorry if you ever hear this. You won't, but, you know, he, he, I'm sorry. Um, in the original cut, that guy was the villain, and he possesses uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, his character, and then they possess the police force, and he makes them dance because he hates the police force. And I, I like that they worked that in there. Yeah, they, you know, they use the an extra. Clips. They use an extra bit of unused, uh, basically plot to just make a fun little yeah credits extra, and it was just enjoyable. Like because I think overall, like what what this movie had was a just a sense of fun. I think like it, yeah. it never took itself too seriously. Well, I mean. I'll get into that afterwards. Well, I think Let's we've finish got, off characters. Well, I'm trying to think who's left then. Melissa McCarthy. Oh, that's right. See, Melissa McCarthy's character was just almost like a footnote as far as I'm concerned, which yeah. she shouldn't be. Well, I mean, she was advertised as the main character for Really? One. I'm pretty, She was. No, I definitely think that uh, Kristen, Kristen Wiig was definitely the main I character. Thought that, I thought the main character was supposed to be Melissa McCarthy because it was like, Holtzman, you're a brilliant engineer. You know, Aaron, you're a great, uh, you know, yeah, I guess in the, the commercial. Well, I we've that we've already discussed how be... just, just terrible the advertising is for this movie. Yeah. Just, I mean, just awful. But I thought she was supposed to be the main character, and in any other situation, her character would have been my favorite. Yeah. The writing was just so bad. No, and, and I don't think I don't think the blame falls on Paul Feig at all. Again, I, I don't think, think he wrote this. I think he, well, he, I think he did. Uh, like, I think he had partial credit for writing it, but I just don't think the writing was that good. I mean. I th here's what I think. I think Paul Feig tried. God damn it, did he try. I, he pandered was the problem. Like, I think that there were changes made to the movie after the first yes. um, trailer, and then he started to pander to the people he thought we're gonna hate on it and then he tried to pander to another crowd and then another crowd and another crowd and it, it just fell apart uh post-production i think i think um, a lot of the blame ultimately falls on sony because yes. sony is sony has pixels. a history of creating movies that don't need to be created and milking it for all it's worth and even if they don't need to be made which is not to say that we're not I, talking about pixels here we're talking about ghostbusters exactly here. we're not i here's the thing i th like i think sony has a reputation for something like for uh, amazing spider-man 2 for example where it's like they took a beloved franchise and they ran into the ground with such an over-the-top ridiculous movie that was trying to be something good but ultimately failed on so many levels and i'm not saying that ghostbusters were that at all i actually surprisingly enjoyed ghostbusters and i think I was fine with Ghostbusters being made now in 2016. I was fine with it. It's like, it felt normal. It felt right. Again, I'm one of the moderate people who was like, okay, I can roll with this. Yeah. It looks bad from the trailer, but I can yeah. roll with it. Maybe it'll be good. And The trailers didn't do it justice. I mean, I, I like, just final thoughts on the movie, mm. though. Like, uh, or, like, final thoughts, like, for, like, actual how I feel. I wish it was worse, or I wish it was better. <laughs> I wanted it to either be so bad it's good like the room yeah or like actually really really good that it like measures up to the ghostbusters mm -hmm. maybe a little under or even better you know better than it which 
I, I, it could have been if it had just followed its its mm-hmm. true path, which would have been, I think, if Paul Feig had just decided to do his own thing, as ridiculous as it may have been, <laughs> as not seriously as he might have taken himself during the movie, I think that if he had actually followed his vision a little bit better and decided not to pander to the the people, the studio, the whatever, I think it would have been better. Mm-hmm. And it probably would have been at that point of the original. I get that. I agree. I think if Paul Fee had been given, like, basically free reign to do this movie, then it would have been, I think, more successful than it's going to be. Because I think this movie will ultimately be successful. I, think I don't think it's going to make that much money. I, I don't think it'll make that much money. I think it'll make decent money. I, I think they might break even. I, it'll most. Yeah, it'll make, it'll break even or it'll be a little bit heavy, but it won't be a box office smash. I don't think. No. And it'll get modest critical acclaimed i think it'll get get something and my problem with it is i feel like there are people that are reviewing it and they're like oh this is good because it's it's female ghostbusters or there are people looking at it and and saying this is bad because they're trying to remake Ghostbusters." yeah it's like there's no middle ground with this movie which is the strangest thing because ultimately this movie is a very middle ground movie ironically they're probably going to be like no you know mr morton he liked it too much he's on that side this guy Christian, he didn't like. He's on his side. <laughs> yeah, and we're actually like fair. Like we're I fairly think even. I'm I think we're both a little bit under you, and you're a little bit higher than. Yeah, me. I agree. But I think like the thing that's the biggest takeaway from this movie is that it's average. It's just a normal, decent movie. Like I don't think there's not enough in this movie to make it terrible. There's enough in it to actually be a fairly good movie, but it's not gonna achieve the heights of success that I think Sony wanted for it. I think it's just a moderate success. And it's yeah. a it's a above average movie. It's if anything, it's a it's a C plus B minus B for a movie. I'm gonna say I'd put a B. I'll give it a B. I'm giving I'll it a, a solid C plus. Yeah. I almost but said see, C, yeah, but yeah, C yeah. plus. See we're in that same kind of range where it's like you rate I'm a little, a little bit lower. Under you. So ultimately I guess it ultimately comes down to I guess the true rating of this movie would be a B minus then Probably. Because it's a mixture of both of ours, then. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be a little conservative. I'm going to give it a B. Like, okay. I'm yeah, going to so, go with you and go yeah, with Yeah, where B. it's like, it's a B. Yeah. It's not a B movie, but it, it's not a no, B, it movie. Is a B movie. It's not, it's it not, is. I get, I, I you mean, know what, I guess. It. it doesn't take itself serious. It goes with all the effects. I guess. Like, I mean, they even have the fight scene with the ghosts, which, can we, I, can we talk about the technology yeah. really quick? Yeah, that was pretty you know, cool. Like, let's talk about the, the good technology, and then we're going to talk about the bad stuff that yeah. I mentioned before. Like with the final dude and yeah. the climax. Well, okay. Um, the good stuff though, the intro started out super strong. Oh my god. Oh my like, god. There yeah. was even a creepy moment in the beginning. Like I yeah. felt like I was in a horror movie for half a second. Yeah, I think the beginning. I really enjoyed the beginning. And then they played the theme song, and then they decided <laughs> instead of doing something cool with that and showing the symbol, which I think would have been better, they decided to be like, "Oh, this is New York, by the way." Yeah. Um, I, here's how the opening begins at the Aldridge Mansion, which is the first place they investigate for mm-hmm. paranormal activity. And what I really enjoy is that I'm a huge fan of the TV show Silicon Valley, and the actor who was playing like the tour guide in the mansion is the Zach Woods who plays Jared on Silicon Valley, and he has just the best pathetic deadpan <laughs> like if he's one of the best like deadpan comedians out there right now because he'll just say you gotta the, chuckle out of me he'll say the stupidest craziest shit 
but he'll say it in such a serious, like, understated way that you just, like, you can't believe it. It is so funny. Like, I can't remember the line exactly, where it's just like, he was like, he's given the tour of the house, he's like, and yes, this house was built in, like, 1864, and as you can see, they installed all the typical fashions of the time, including an anti-Irish community wall. It's like, it's like, what? It's like, there's stuff like that, it's like, you play yeah, that off so that deadpan. Me, that did get a chuckle out of me. Or it's just so ridiculous, or like, this. it's reported here that this is the room where P.T. Barnum decided to enslave elephants. This is like... <laughs> It's so much fun, and it's so ridiculous, and it started out really strong with his character. And, and then, then the first ghost. Which and the first ghost, which is really cool. It looked really good. I mean, it, the mist stuff, I'm, the not, mist, I, I'm I, not 100% with that, but it looked pretty good here. The first ghost I thought was really cool, except the point where it changed to a skull and blah, 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 all over... Uh, all over, uh, what's her name? Kristen Wiig. Well, I need to, like, have a chart nearby to, like, know these we'll names. We'll do that next time. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it started out really strong, but as it progressed, it... I don't want to say it lost momentum, but there's a definite... No, you're, you would be right if you said it lost momentum. I think that it, it, it like, it was rolling and rolling, and then it kind of got into some... Uh, shallow water where it started to be yeah. t slowing down a little bit. It's like, oh no, no, you were so close. And then, yeah. it, and then it kind of gains and then loses a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think from the start of them, there's a kind of a drop off between the start of the movie and the movie. Yeah, be in quality because I think the start of the movie starts really strong. I think through the first act where you get to see, you know, the Ghostbusters coming together, where you get the introductions to. Uh, Kate McKinnon to Melissa McCarthy, like when you first get reintroduced to like the Ghostbusters, up into the point where they're with Patty, and probably by the time they finish the the subway ghost, I'd say that's the end of Act One because that's established yeah. everything that's kind of going on. Act Two was a little bit slower. Act Two was a bit slower, but it definitely had its solid moments. I think. I yeah, you you are right. I think it had it was not as good as the first act. The mannequins. The mannequins. Yeah, I don't like mannequins <laughs> but i think yeah we have I, a mannequin in we, here. we have a mannequin right here so that works out well uh but yeah oh act, no it's moving uh, uh act two had its moments definitely again kate mckinnon chris a lot of chris hemsworth and kate mckinnon yeah. like a lot of just crazy silly lines from them and they play it off so deadpan and straight and it's like it's really funny so i think those two were really good and act two was really livened up because oh. of those but then Act 3, when it kind of gets into the climax, where it's like, you get the whole conspiracy with, like, the mayor's office, yeah. and then you have, like, then you just have, what's it called, like, the villain coming back. Again, the villain with Chris Hemsworth was great, but <laughs> other than that, like, the actual plot to, like, let the ghosts out, and them, like, being all fighting silly. the ghosts. It was, it's kind of it silly. not that great. I think, again, the only redeeming things the in... The fight scene, um, and for me personally, the statue of Harold Ramis. Yeah. Which, I thought that was a good homage to him. Yeah. It was Because there's nice. there What it is, is that it's in Erin uh, Gilbert's college, or university where she's teaching... Yeah. University of Columbia. University of Columbia, where they just see a statue of, like, a... It's a bust, basically, and the yeah. bust is of, like, their founder or whatever, and it's, like, it's Harold Ramos. Which was very... It, it was nice. It was a nice little... Gesture. It was a nice yeah. little gesture. And then at the end of the movie, it said, for Harold Ramos. So it's, like... It, they obviously respected yeah. their source material and respected the creators like, of it. I made the mistake of thinking there was nobody on this who actually was, like, 
putting their heart into it, who thought, like, who actually loved the original material. I was wrong when I assumed that this was just a complete cash grab. I I agree. I don't think it was that. It I well, was, was kind partially. of I was kind I of think think the Sony part was a cash yeah. grab. The rest of it, I, I think, think there were so. Who I think this movie started off from a place of respect and re and and love for the original Dan movies. Dan Aykroyd produced it, right? Yeah, yeah. Dan Aykroyd produced it. Bill Murray was in it. You know, um, we'll get into the cameos. We'll get into the cameos in a bit, but this movie. It definitely came from a place of love and respect for the original movies. Yes. And I feel like that was Paul Feig's original vision, was to do something that was um, in the spirit of the original, respecting the original, and then create, but ultimately creating their own thing, which I think yeah. this movie did halfway, but yes. then when Sony got involved and they got their all, like, franchising and marketing and like you gotta make money now it's like then it kind of tainted it and it became this kind of for lack of a better term another chunk out in the reboots that we've been getting again and yeah. again it just I mean, seemed like that what i will say i mean i talk crap about uh jurassic world all the time but at least it's same universe new story mm -hmm. Granted, it well technically the same story. This I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. dislike that it's a complete reboot. Um, personally, mm. I feel like they should have like at least referenced the fact that the old Ghostbusters existed or something. So um, you would have wanted like a soft reboot, basically. That yeah. so basically it's a soft reboot for I, all our listeners who don't understand the term. Just like so kind of explain it. Yes, I'll say the, one of the prime examples of it would be the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, where yes. it. What it does is it takes place within the same universe, but it reinvents it in a way that they could continue doing their own story while also basically existing within the same universe. Another thing that did that was Jurassic World and then mm -hmm. Star Wars Episode Seven. basically. Granted, they're continuing on yeah, existing continuity, there, but, but let's be real here. As I said earlier, they're just saying we're starting from a new place. You know, We're respecting yeah. the original. We're going to basically redo the original but we're gonna launch our own thing from it i mean part of the reason i say that is because i feel like in some respects they did disrespect the original really um there were a few things like i feel like in a few parts they were saying f you to the original really um you know one of the and i feel like they did it figuratively and i don't know if it was i don't think it came from a place of like i, I, hate yeah, or I don't anything. know if it was and it just it feels like in a few spots they did that really well um, like can you like, name one? one the one was like the stave puff uh marshmallow man i thought that was when, fine i i thought it was done for comedic effect and it just it felt a little bit like Wow, that kind of feels disrespectful, but I don't think it was meant to be. No, I think well, because basically like, what it is is that there's a scene in the movie where after all the ghosts have been released from their parallel ghost dimension, they um, there's a whole bunch of like basically like Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade balloons mm -hmm. that are like ghosts, and they chop down a whole bunch of these ghosts, and the last one is a ghost float of you stay fuck marshmallow man, and so like. It's there, and it's... Again, this is why I think that this movie was basically more or less a... It was a harder, soft reboot, well, for lack of a better term, where it's following the same plot as the original, basically, and yeah. trying to hit all the same beats. I would have liked it if they had, like, at least made a little bit of a reference to the original. I don't know. They might in the next one. I mean, they did mention Zool in the after credits scene, mm -hmm. which you'll learn a little bit more about. I soon. guess. 
Uh, but the reason why is it, it felt figurative in the sense that it was like, oh, wow, she took a non-ghost-killing thing and she poked it in the butt. <laughs> and that's how you got rid of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. I think it was and just a joke. The, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, let, I'm going to continue. And then Go there were the, 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 the YouTube comment thing, which was added after the trailer. I felt that was a... I get they're they're trying I get to it. poke they're, fun at the people, and who they're, I think they're trying to work through that through comedy. You know, they're trying yeah. to deal with it. It through felt comedy. a little disrespectful to what uh, to to the, to the angry YouTube commenters. No, to the people who are actually <laughs> concerned. I get that. Like, I mean, I I don't want I'm I know I'm treading on like some thin ice here because there are a lot of people who hate the people who dislike the trailer, but. I feel like it's a little disrespectful to the people who legitimately cared mm-hmm. and were like, this doesn't look very good. You should, you know, try to make it a little yeah. bit better. Maybe? I agree. I think there's a difference, though, between someone saying, I would like something different in the next yeah. Ghostbusters movie, rather than saying, no bitch ain't gonna get a ghost or whatever, you know, or whatever the line was they said in the movie. Yeah, no. I mean, again, those like there's there's a clear line those between were real those. Comments, yeah, I know those were and real those comments. Those were people that like were legitimately just not good, and yeah. they were the that ten to twenty percent that yeah. I said were bad. But I feel like it's like you're you're portraying it as if all of them were like that, mm-hmm. which kind of bugged me a little bit. Again, I get, I, I, get I get what you're saying. I, I'm this might you just, gotta stand up for the people who were had legitimate concerns about this yeah. movie without being lumped into. The angry trolls. <laughs> the final thing that I thought was a little disrespectful. The final thing, which I think both of us didn't really like, it was the dick punching moment. Which, you know the what? reason why. <laughs> the reason. I thought why, it was just kind of silly. Let me let me explain. Go for it. The reason why it was the symbol for <laughs> Ghostbusters, and they were punching it in the dick. They, okay, so basically, the main villain of, or the as the, you said, the main villain is this guy Rowan, but when he dies, he becomes a ghost, and so. Which apparently, in this universe, uh, dying gives you superpowers, I guess. <laughs> but, um, every super... That's I, how everyone got superpowers. I guess. But, um, anyway, so, one of the things they do is he says, which form do you want me to take? And so, Patty says something, like, something cute and un- non-threatening. And so, he says, oh, like this, like, the Ghostbusters logo? And it's like, you want to be this cute ghost? And so, he's like, yeah, that's cute. And so, then it becomes, like, this giant, like, version of the, say, of the it's logo. A, it's, it was it's like, yeah, it was, it like, was, huge. It was, it was like ghost. Yeah, it was the same You saw too. it in the trailer. Yeah, if you look, you can see it. Um... But basically, it's the logo, but it's, like, huge, and it's, like, monstrous, and it's evil, and, um, basically, what they do at the end, because they, they have a portal that the bad guy has created, they reverse it, and it's sucking all the ghosts in, and to make sure that it, they suck the giant bad guy into it, they shoot it with their plasma cannons, and, (laughs) just coincidentally, all their plasma cannons end up shooting it in the genital area, and Which, the ghost makes a very, oh, like, again, pained expression, so, so I it's a subtle, not-so-subtle dick punch. I thought it was a little forced, and, again, I might just be seeing something that's not really there. I might just be, like... I think it was just a stupid joke. I don't know. See, I, I'm just, like, is that really, or is, like, this guy actually trying to make statements? I'm probably just seeing something that's <laughs> not really Probably digging into it a bit much, but... I might... I, I get what hey, you're saying. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I guess it. Um, I mean, but let's be honest, the real conspiracy here, I just realized, <laughs> yeah. 
the director, Paul Feig, has something against bow ties. <laughs> I'm serious. It's true. In the beginning... Then they have, like, you're like, ooh, this no, is no, the Chinese bow tie. No, no, in the beginning, though. In the beginning, uh, Kristen Wiig's wearing a bow, bow tie. tie. It's a tiny one. And, they, you know, they make a comment to point out there's a tiny yeah. little bow tie. And at the end, the, the little... The, Stay Puft Marshmallow... No, no not no. the Stay Puft. The, the, uh, the Rowan, the, he gets a bow tie. The little, the red part around the ghost... Yeah. Uh, ...turns into a bow tie for him. And, you know, they kill him with the bow tie, and Christian Wiig's no longer wearing a bow tie. So, the real conspiracy here is Paul V. Hicks' bow tie. <laughs> yes. So, I don't I, know. A last last note about the yeah. original that, like, I you saw me groan slightly, was the Slimer thing. I liked Slimer being in there, and I, I get that they were trying to say, oh, Slimer's having a good time with the with this. Yeah. You know, he's, he stole the Ecto-1, which I actually, I, I liked. The girlfriend, the girlfriend part. <laughs> I was like, what is this monstrosity? I but think, at the same time, I think I was Slimer like, just looked goddamn disgusting. He is disgusting. Well, I, but it's like, even in the original, I guess I'll have to make my comments in the original, but like, no, I just want to. He was bad in the I know, original. but I just want to throw this out. Like, how is that enjoyable in any of the movies? Like, why do you. Why is this enjoyable in any of the movies? I like, will. In the original, it's like, why do we need this disgusting, slimy let me, thing? Let me explain. The 1980s had a nerd culture much like the internet of today. We don't know. We don't ask questions. We just love it. We just accept it. Um, like, again, I don't know why, but I, I like Slimer. You know what's I funny, mean, Christian? <laughs> Since I have no experience with Ghostbusters at all, my, some, my, my first, like, for lack of a term, better exposure to some of the characters in this movie, or some of the characters of the Ghostbusters franchise was an introduction to Slimer <laughs> via an article on Crack.com oh about God. some of the worst fan fiction, and it's just... Don't, don't read I'm not, that. I'm not going to read it, but I'm just saying, like, that was my first introduction to the character no, of Slimer. Too many memories. So, uh, it hurts. So it's it burns just, my brain. So it's just, like, I'm already coming from a place of disgust and not, like... I'm just un upset and unsettled by this character in general so to see it in this movie and as almost like oh everyone look at slimer like, almost like was like a well like a respectful homage like I why does think... this goddamn green disgusting blurb get your respect in any movie if you will <laughs> i think that the main thing of with slimer being in there was he stole the car and then he had fun yes. he had fun in the in the movie and I think that's the important part. I guess. I just... I don't like Slimer. I don't like him in any continuity. <laughs> but, uh... But, you know what? That's actually a great segue. Um... Long story short, this ruined my childhood. <laughs> yeah, I guess, Chris, you can say that. <laughs> and then, well, I guess we'll find out in the next part whether or not Ghostbusters is uh, is worth my time, I guess. We'll see what the big deal is about and, the original ones. And I will and, be re-watching it, being like, did this age well? Exactly, and then we'll find out the eternal question, is, and that is whether or not I'm afraid of no ghosts. So, uh, we will be. I guess we will you be. So uh, join us for the next part, and we'll see when we come back. Alright, thanks everyone. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. So, uh, childhood restored. <laughs> um... Uh, Hashtag jokes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what did you think of it? You're the new face. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone, as you can tell, we just finished the original Ghostbusters. And I have to say, like, all in all, as an outsider looking in on the original movie, I have to say, I can see why people enjoy it. It was, it had a good process of, you know, 
it, the writing seemed very strong. The characters were clearly well established, and I think it came from a place where. The, the the characters knew what they were already. They didn't have to go through any kind of real origin story as a lot of modern movies do to like to establish, oh, this is how we got the logo. This is how we got the car or whatever. I they think just that's something that a lot of movies like that's a roadblock. Be, now. Exactly, because they're trying to kickstart a franchise or something like this one almost came out of the woodwork fully formed and fully like the Ghostbusters are already doing a thing. You don't need a backstory for why, you know, Venkman does like whatever you know you don't need to have a backstory for it this movie feels very fully formed its concept is already well established and it doesn't it doesn't try to pretend to be more than anything it is I don't think and it's that confidence in what it's doing that really shines through and of course you have the comedic styles of Bill Murray Dan Aykroyd Rick Moranis you know and Harold Ramis it's like you have these people in this movie who are very good at the peak of their comedy career. So I could see why um, it's such a beloved movie. However, I have to say, like, from an outsider's perspective, I didn't find it all that funny, per se, and it seems like a very good movie, and I understand why people like it. But since I have no connection to it, and I didn't watch it as a kid, I don't think I'm going to treat it as, like, this iconic thing that, like, I've seen the light now. It's like, it's not that sort of thing for me. It's just sort of I like, mean, it's a decent movie from 1984. It's nothing all that special. You I know? didn't expect you to actually like it as much <laughs> as like I do. Because I, I get that. Uh, I mentioned in the movie, um, I'm looking through this through rose-tinted glasses, yeah. probably. And uh, well, Because mean, this looking... movie is more than a movie for you. It means a something bit, bigger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not as much as some other people. Mm -hmm. I still will say that, but... Uh, it does mean a lot more to me than you. Yeah, course. I get that. Granted, I do want to say, like, I mentioned this also. If the movie, this movie was very consistently good. It was, like, yeah. consistent, 90% good. Exactly. Like, it, it was, it, mm -hmm. consistent's a good word for it, because, like, it was the same level of, like, goodness throughout the whole movie, where it's, like, it never fluctuated from, really high points to a really low point. It never really slowed down, and it kept a consistent momentum going of, like, this is the movie. Yeah, and it kept itself serious. It had a few funny jokes for me, at least. I don't know for you. Yeah, there were a couple funny jokes. I think a lot of it comes from Bill Murray's, like, deadpan humor, and a lot of, like, some of the uh, ridiculous stuff. Because I think, as you said... Man. Exactly. As you said in an earlier episode of this, you said that, like, a lot of the humor in this movie comes from the fact that it's such a ridiculous premise, but everyone in the movie treats it so seriously. So it's almost like... Uh, it's heavy satire, almost, in a way. Yeah, you could put it that way. And it... But it's not really parodying anything. It's not yeah, really... It is definitely trying to be its own thing. Exactly. It's trying to be its own thing, but the comedy comes from the fact that it's a contrast between, oh, look at this ridiculous premise, and how serious everybody treats it. I will say, if Paul Feig had kept yep. his movie at that first point, like, right before the title drop, if um, he had kept it there, it would have been much better than this one. Mm -hmm. I get that. And I would have been super happy. I know that was one of your big complaints we just talked about. And as you yeah. said, the original Ghostbusters has a consistent, you know, good quality throughout. It doesn't really stray from that level. But the new one has, it's inconsistent with its, its peaks and its valleys are two vast things. It's got really good moments and really bad moments. And so they kind of level out to a more middle-of-the-road movie. And yeah. it just ends up being... A well, little bit less than the original. It also ends up, like, that works against it because it makes a lot of the really good scenes, scenes uh, seem bad. I agree. It does kind of diminish some of the qualities of that. 
But to be said, though, I do think that the new movie has a lot of really funny moments that, like, really stand out and they feel they feel enjoyable and they feel earned, you know? But it's just that inconsistent level of, you know, whether or not it's so really good or really bad that kind of not worked in his favor. I do want to say, though... The new movie, like, paid way more homage to this one yeah. than I, I even realized. I mean, there's the scene with the uh, the glass doors. Exactly. It's, like, stuff like that where yeah. it's, like, little cues that are almost almost insignificant moments I mean, in the original. They basically ripped cue for cue in the new one. Well, I mean, again, the story is the exact same. Yeah. It's just, well, in it's technically the same. The one, this one was implemented so much better. Yeah. You know, Gozer and Zool and all that, that was better than, uh... Rowan. Uh, yeah, because that's one of the big stands out between the two movies is that the villain in the new in the original Ghostbusters is very well defined and I think comes off like ooh is an actual menacing presence well, and it's got a purpose, you know. But with the new one, it's just sort of like eh, it's just a man child with a with a grudge against humanity. Hilariously, this villain isn't even like uh, they don't really uh, advance this char- the character of the villain very much. And it's actually probably a worse character than <laughs> the one in the new movie. The reason why I think it works better is because of Sigourney Weaver and Rick yeah. Moranis getting possessed. And that's why it feels like a better villain. Exactly. Because the guy who they got from the new movie, it's just like a nobody playing a non-villain, really. And so it's really, like, yeah. the quality for the villain in the new one, it seemed almost insignificant, like an afterthought, while you have high-caliber talent playing the villain in, you know, in the original one. Um, but all in all, I, one of the things that I think really surprised me was that, I mean, it's, it's the eighties. I get that as a different time. There was a lot of like humor that I didn't think was going to be in a Ghostbusters movie. It's like when everyone I've ever heard describe this movie, it's been like, oh, my childhood, you know, this is a part of my childhood. It's like, well, when you look at the original Ghostbusters, like there's a lot of like dirty stuff in this movie. Like yeah. the Ghostbusters get like blowjobs from ghosts. It's like, whoa, my God. Like. I did not think that was going to fly, and it's like, I'm sure there's a lot more. If hey I... man, it was a different time. Exactly. back when you could smoke in, in, uh, in houses and whatnot. Exactly. It just it It's a product of its time, and the comedy of that era is just, you know, it's a little bit different than modern comedy. I think that's probably why it's such a gem, because it, it is a product of the time, and since you can't make a movie like that yeah. anymore. If that movie was made today... People would still love it if it was able to make it to theaters, but it wouldn't have made it to theaters because so many people would have been like, you can't put that in theaters. There are so many bad things about it. Well, it probably would have been, like, if it would come out today, I don't think it would probably be... If we had no concept of what, like, Ghostbusters was and it came out today, it'd probably just be... I don't know, just like an interesting movie. It'd be like, oh, well, that's a weird thing. It'd probably turn into a cult classic rather yeah. than an actual classic. It would probably, you know, it would, I don't know how it would fit among all our superheroes and franchise <laughs> blockbusters, but... Well, I mean, Ghostbusters are basically superheroes. Exactly. And their power is taking their dick and shooting things with <laughs> it. I mean, the... the There's a lot of phallic packs, imagery. <laughs> the proton packs are phallic. Let's, yeah. Let's be honest here. Uh, you said it the, yourself, this movie is stroking ego of the four <laughs> characters. Yeah. I don't know if it was meant to be that way originally, but that's kind of how it did come when you write a movie, When you write a movie with yourself as the main character where everyone in New York City loves you, there's a bit of a power fantasy going on at work. Yeah. But it, was still, it still worked, I think. It was still fine. It was. Um, but as I was saying about, like, the dirty jokes, what I found about the, the new Ghostbusters, they kind of held it back, was that 
it really kind of felt restrained in a way that like the new Ghostbusters, I mean the original Ghostbusters didn't really feel like anyone was holding it back. It was just like the comedic, whatever these people who were writing it, like Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis came up with that when the movie, obviously there was some kind of like studio saying, you can't go that far, which is fine. But the new movie really feels that there was a box placed over how far the, the characters and Paul Feig could go. And they said, if you stray from this, you won't get it. So you have to work within this box. And so what I would really love is to see a unadulterated like director's cut of the of the new Ghostbusters. I think we both would. Yeah, because if we get to see like Paul Feig's like original vision where it's I would almost like to see, for lack of a better term, I'd like to see more like just more edge to the new Ghostbusters because I feel like they could do it really well. With like a non-Sony Ghostbusters. Exactly, because look at Paul Feig's other work. You have like Bridesmaids and stuff like that, which is like a raunchy comedy. So it's like, I it, he's good at doing that. The only thing of Paul Feig's that I know that I've seen is Spy. Mm-hmm. Personally didn't like Spy because I'm not a big <laughs> Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. fan, but uh... But it's know. the same kind of thing where it's like, it can play heavier on the edge than you know a typical comedy well mm-hmm. so i think paul feig is really good at doing kind of edgy female like comedies and so when you remove the edgy part of this from the paul feig equation it does seem almost like an unfinished paul feig film you know kind of so yeah. to have an un like an i don't want to say unrated but like a director's cut version where it's like this is what he intended to do like without a whole lot of studio interference like I would be fine with that, just to kind of see what his original idea for the movie was all about. I mean, the one thing I will say is, the only thing I couldn't deal with more of is uh, more lowbrow jokes from him. Because yeah. the poop jokes and the uh, the they do, jokes They are, do yeah. get a little repetitive, and they do get... Like, I'm not a huge fan of lowbrow comedy, and, like, I mean, there's a time and a place for it, I think. Yeah. And, but that's another thing about the new Ghostbusters I found, much like Leslie Jones' Eddie Murphy thing, the, the a lot of the lowbrow jokes felt out of, like... A 1990s, early 2000, like, almost like a crappy Austin Powers movie, <laughs> where it's just like, really? I thought we had progressed in terms of, like, joke-telling in a movie. We have, but, uh, you know, they still make it in there somehow. Yes, I, I know, a lot of this new Ghostbusters felt like it was from a different time period, in a way. So, you know what, it was still enjoyable, I just think that elements of it were just kind of inconsistent and you know <sighs> well, okay i'll put it this way while the old ghostbusters knew exactly what it was it was a product of 1984 it didn't try to be anything that it wasn't it was it was it's an original thing right then and there because the new ghostbusters is a reboot it's paying homage to a movie from the 80s and it has to deal with <laughs> the specter of the of the old Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters like hanging over it, it almost has to kind of be stuck in a later period, you know? A lot of the comedy and a lot of the, just the feel of this new Ghostbusters has to be similar to a movie that was a product of the 80s. So naturally, this movie's going to feel a little outdated, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean... I still think the old one was better. I agree. No, I think... I mean... Is this new Ghostbusters going to become an instant classic? It's no, gonna I don't think so. It's going to be forgotten in, like, yep. six months. That's, which... that's, that's the big thing about this movie. It will probably be forgotten. Yeah. It's a middle-of-the-road, better-than-I-expected movie, 
But when it comes down to it, it'll get a Blu-ray DVD release five months from now. People will get it for Christmas. They'll buy it on Black Friday. And then after that, it probably won't have a whole lot of lasting cultural impact, which is a shame because I feel like a lot of this had the potential to be something really cool and really transformative in a way. But it's just sort of meh. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, I am excited for Ghostbusters 2, I will say. Because <laughs> um, Sony's going to pump these babies out. Well, I mean, the reason is because now that Paul Feig has done his first one and now he's going to get criticism, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully can more constructive than not. Yeah. I mean, now he'll be able to be like, oh, maybe I should just do my own thing. Yeah. And, you know, he'll do it and we'll have Zool and it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Unless, of course, it becomes... Basically, the Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, so. I like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, um. it's uh, <laughs> Star Trek Into Darkness was was not a good movie. I enjoyed it. I did. Uh, it was okay. I don't care what you say. <sighs> I enjoyed it. I mean, yes, it has its faults. Well, it if has okay, many if, faults, if we're if we're comparing, as I said in the previous, was better. Yeah, well, obviously, I was like, if we're comparing, you know, the new Star Trek to the new Ghostbusters as like their two kind of the equivalent soft reboots of their respective franchises, then the second one will basically be a repeat of the second one. It'll be a repeat of the first one, which was already repeated twice. So, <laughs> you know, with, with the terms so of what I'm really saying is J.J. Uh, Abrams needs to direct the second Ghostbusters reboot movie. Well, I mean, he's done so well with everything else. Exactly, because apparently J.J. Abrams is the king of reboots now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I don't like saying this because we said this about Shyamalan mm-hmm. and that turned out bad, but he might be the new Spielberg. Who I knows? Know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Let's well, just we give know what the... happened when we called Shyamalan that. Yeah. What did we say? <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> But, um, yeah, just, um, any last, any last thoughts, Christian, you think? Just about the new ghost, I mean, the new and the old Ghostbusters kind of comparing the two. The old effects made me feel better than the new ones. I agree. I think that, like, a lot of the practical effects in the 80s, that, well, obviously they exist because of practicality, but I, I find that practical effects tends to hold up, and I think CGI is one of those things that, if used correctly, it can be very, very well done. Jurassic but, Park. Exactly, but if overused, it becomes a crutch, you know, and it 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 doesn't have, give the movie a, it doesn't help the movie. All it does is makes them rely on CGI too much. It makes them be less inventive, lets them be less creative. Well, with practical effects, you have to kind of work around that, and you have to be creative by necessity. With CGI, it just kind of encourages lazy writing. Much what I think also with swear words, because if a movie relies too heavily on swears for comedic effect, then it's not a clever script. It's not, you know... uh, uh, it's not a good inventive movie, but if you have to find a way to work around the swears or be inventive because you only have like five swears or whatever in your movie, then you find a way to be more creative in using those swears. I I always am a big believer of uh, limitations yep. bring out the best creativity. Sometimes less is more. Yes. Exactly. And I find that works with swear words and with CGI. And this new movie had a lot of CGI. Like, I mean, I think it's that's more of a product of 
just the general direction that the studio system has been heading recently. Yeah. With when you have something like the Avengers, like blowing up the blockbuster with, look at all these aliens <laughs> coming in, destroying New York, and the Hulk and stuff like that. It's like, well, it comes a point where we've become so saturated with CGI, and it's just part of the industry standard that you just can't avoid it anymore. You know, you almost have to go out of your way to try and use practical effects. And so, like, something like the new Star Wars with Episode Seven, how J.J. Abrams made a big thing that, oh, we're doing practical effects now. And so it's like, you almost have to say you're going to use practical effects and make a big point to do that. Otherwise, you're just going to use CGI because it's the new norm. Unless you're Mad Max. Unless you're Mad Max. Where you just do you it. You just do it. And you don't care, and everyone loves it. Exactly. Mad Max was another of it. Well, almost funny enough, like I feel like recently, like I said, we've been getting a lot of reboots recently. Mad Max is another one of those soft reboots where it's a continuation. That was a really good soft reboot. Yeah, it's a, it's a continuation of the original story of Mad Max, but it's also its new thing. It's a new Max. It's a new story. So, in many ways, I'll compare that to, uh, what's it called? Star Wars Episode Seven. It In, in many ways, it, f it fits in the same thematic mold with that. But this new Ghostbusters, it was a full reboot, almost. Like. It was a full reboot. Unless they try to pull some sneaky stuff with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I mean, if they were trying to, they didn't make it clear. Again, why I think, you know, we need, um... A director's cut to kind of just see what the original intention was and if that was to make it more of a soft reboot than a harder reboot um but all in all i have to say in looking at these two movies now that i've seen both of them and i understand why the new ghostbusters is and what the old ghostbusters is i have to say i'm glad i've i'm glad i've watched them both and i get an understanding of it and i'm also glad i watched the new one before i watched the old ones because if i had watched the old one first it would have for lack of a better term it would have put a filter on how i see you know the, the new one regardless whether i thought yeah. good or bad of it it would change how i would have perceived it that's so, why i'm happy i forced you to do it this yeah way. i'm glad i saw the new ghostbusters before the old because now i can be objective about the new ghostbusters and i and can the old and the old too so i i'm not comparing either one of them until right now that i've seen both of them yeah. and i can say I can understand where the new one came from, and I understand why the old one is respected. I have my own feelings on both of them now, but I'm aware of it now, and I have a better understanding of this whole cultural phenomenon. Mm. Final thoughts. Uh, the old Ghostbusters is like a uh, nice tomato that has not expired, yeah. and it, it probably won't for a very long time. The new one is one that's going to expire very quickly. It's a, de it's a decent tomato. It's a decent tomato yeah. that probably won't have a long shelf life, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But all in all, better than I expected. I have to say, I'm glad I've seen the new Ghostbusters, and I'm glad I've seen the original. So, this was good. This yeah. was good. I'm glad we did this, and... I understand now. I understand the You're... fandom of Ghostbusters. <laughs> well, am I a new fan of Ghostbusters? Probably not. Probably won't have that right. huge impact on my life. I'm, but at I'm least not I know one of the huge fandoms. <laughs> I just it has a place. Yeah. I mean. So now I am culturally aware, and I understand. Now we Ghostbusters. just have to get you to watch Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> that's an, we next could, time! Next time on what we're watching, we'll go through Jurassic Park. Uh, so, Christian, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad we were able to watch all... Uh, all uh, 
well, not all of them, but I'm glad we were able oh, to watch. Uh, we don't need to watch Ghostbusters two. <laughs> it, it's just like the first one, but uh, but worse. Uh, I mean, I mentioned I I have a soft spot for it. Yeah, but... I agree. Um, but anyway, yeah, but you can't agree. You haven't seen it. Okay, fine. Okay. Whatever. But anyway, Christian, thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for showing me this old and new Ghostbusters. Yes. And so, um, thank you everybody for listening. Um, you could find us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can check us out there and listen to older episodes of what I've done. And we've had Christian on the podcast. If you like him, <laughs> you can hear him doing older episodes with me. Um, I think I'm only in one. Maybe, I don't know, maybe one or two so far? It was one. It was one? Okay. You can, If you want to find Christian on there, you can find I'm him. one of the earlier episodes, I think. Exactly. Also, you could check out his YouTube page. Anything you got to plug, Christian? Uh, C-Lamb. Yeah, check out his uh, YouTube page as well. You can also find a uh, version of this podcast, and you can find you know a whole bunch of awesome other stuff on there. So, Christian, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, what I like to do at the end of every show is I like to lead us out with a song, and I think, of course, the song that is very appropriate for this, as much as I am kind of fickle about it, I think it's very appropriate. We're, of course, going to lead out with the original Ghostbusters theme song. So, this is Ghostbusters. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our Ghostbusters episode, and we will see you all next time on What We're Watching. All right, thanks, and I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Afraid of no ghosts.